0: what up welcome to a podcast with mo i am mo this is episode 393 on this episode i'm joined by it's your boy h2 talk about the patreon merch shop music talk tmnt power rangers superheroes movies connections mysteries music plans a bunch of other shit thanks for checking us out What up? Uh, first thing I'm getting to, of course, is our Patreon, Patreon.com/podcastmo. Makes all your dreams come true. Uh, go there, give money, feel good. I mean, what's feeling good worth to you? Well, we can put a dollar amount on it. Uh, if you give enough, you can be a co-producer like my mother, like Graveyard Entertainment, like Forgotten One, and like our guest today, it's yourboyh2.com. Um, also, we have a merch shop, shop.spreadshirt.com, slash podcast.mo. If you like to get you a uh, shirt, I feel like I can keep that up probably forever. So if you're hearing this in the future and you've just stumbled upon it, go get you one of them retro shirts, you know? It'd be pretty cool. Um, all right. This week, like I said, calling it h two. Uh, Last time he called in, he called in with the homie Brad when they put their joint album out. Um, I'm sure he has a bunch of music in the works and all kinds of other shit. So uh, who knows what we'll talk about every time I make a prediction. We don't talk about that. So I'm done guessing. We'll just have to enjoy the ride. So uh, anyway, let's give him a call. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Not shit. Uh, Doing a late night. Not super late, but late compared to normal time for me so we'll see how weird that makes me on here yeah i i think
1: um i think our second show i think was kind of a late night thing because i remember it was it was the evening and right i was already like chilling in my beanbag chair like just that was probably my most cheetos right no
0: no 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 no. No, but uh the latest one because it just reminded me uh, i had a dude uh who was a basketball guy He like does his other basketball podcast and he lived in Hawaii. So I had to stay up like late as fuck, uh, to have him oh, call it. <laughs> but so, uh, that's crazy. I've done it before, but I always feel like I'm worse on them. So I'm going to try to be a, cause really I've just smoked so much by this point of time during the day, you know, that right. it's like, I'm not as quick probably as I should be. Um, I but feel you. What's uh, wrong with that? how's it been going, man, man, it's been, um,
1: just, it's a roller coaster, like always, never my life never slows down, and like just i it's hard to it's hard to explain it, but um, you know, I've been putting out a lot of content about a lot of different things, and um yeah, just I mean, I'm staying consistent, but at the same time, I take in so much information. And just like boatloads to a degree that then out of nowhere, I just blast off with a big, long acapella. Yeah. So it's been, yeah, it's been crazy.
0: Yeah. Last time you called in, you called in with Brad and y'all just put out intersections, which everyone should go check that out. It's up on my, yeah, a the mode okay. makes beats page. Um, yeah. And a
1: great collab project working with him was just, is a real treat. I can't wait for us to work on the sequel.
0: I've got, you know, yeah, as as I, I, I probably I say, shouldn't even spill this here, but I'm going to, that's funny to me, but Brad says he secretly has a couple. He's already peaked at that. He's got to like, yeah. got some ideas. Cause he knows once you actually do it, you'll go so right. fast. He's like, I'm secretly going to start working on a couple. <laughs>
1: I don't, you know what? I don't blame him because yeah, I mean, he's right though, because when really in all honesty, I really wasn't, involved in it until it was just one weekend where i'd done i'd done a verse for always and then i'd done a verse for something else and then i woke up that same night and um i think it was there was some kind of holiday or something on monday so like from that friday like two three in the morning saturday morning i was doing uh i did the tree fit the yeah the tree 50 verse and it was something else too. But then after that, it was like just nonstop. Like, I think I did, I did giggity giggity that weekend. I did, um, so Aesthetic. I did limitless. Like it was just, it was just fire all weekend. So
0: man, I don't man, know. Limitless beat so good. Shit. Oh man. Even thinking about it now, it's like, man, that was a pretty good one, man. You, I mean, you, you
1: really made you made that project masterpiece in its own in its own regard
0: i will say something i think i've gotten decent at and i know it's a lost art because no one does albums anymore but i think right. i'm pretty good at like i have like a cohesive project typically like for with the beats like even my I, my album came out today the, the day we're recording this so good enough y'all should go check it out and yeah and like it all kind of you know it sounds like it was made together because it was you know but like i don't know like not everyone does that maybe no one cares or whatever but in my weird artistic world i think it's cool well like even when i'm just picking beats like even if i'm just picking a bunch of
1: random beats it still ends up all working with the general theme of whatever project i'm working on it always just becomes that cohesive right in the midst of working on
0: everything like because you're in like, like a certain headspace or something, I guess, when you're choosing them.
1: Right, right. Yeah. And then you just kind of know, like, there's certain there's certain um, a lot of times it'll be certain phrases that I'll use, but I'll kind of switch them around and I'll be like, oh, shit, well, I said that on that song. But then I also kind of said something similar on this song. So I guess this is the direction everything's going. You know what I mean? So you just don't you just never really know.
0: Right. But yeah. um, yeah, and I do the same thing. I think what's fun about a project is like there can be like lore within it in a way. So like on my project today, I have a song called run away and that's like the second song I've named something really close to that. And then I have a line on another song. that's like, I'm not really going to run away. So like, I'm referencing other songs on the project, you know, like,
1: right. And that's funny. Cause I was just, I've had that. I've had, um, I've had the thought in my head yesterday. I was walking around work and I just, out of nowhere, "Runaway Ralph popped in my head. I had a punchline for it. And uh, I don't know if, people remember runaway ralph or not but it was a not little in short yeah uh it was a little short uh claymation um i don't remember how long it was maybe 30 45 minutes it came on abc had fred savage in it The little mouse gets on the motorcycle oh i do remember the mouse on the
0: motorcycle
1: yeah that's what it is runaway ralph okay but yeah that was just that was just weird i, I was thinking about that yesterday so you say you got a song called runaway
0: Right. And also, I've, I'm friends with you on Facebook, which I think is uh, when you're friends with people on Facebook, on the Internet these days, it's like more personal because Facebook's like just that site that's like your real life's on there and shit. And so you share right. a lot of like nostalgic shit and uh, like yeah. and like you like the Ninja Turtles, like I love the Ninja Turtles when I was four years old, when the cartoon was a thing, you know, like I would wake up, uh, we only have like one channel and I would wake up right. in the morning and the fucking just colored lines where it was just like beep. And I would just stare at that until the Ninja Turtles came on on Saturday mornings, yep. you know, and like I, I vividly remember this. My mom would wake up and be like, shut off the fucking TV. I'm like, what are you doing? And uh, I just <laughs> I loved them. I love the cartoon. Now, the first two movies I also really liked, but the cartoon was still my shit as a kid. And then when I went to oh, yeah, the third cartoon. one and and the theaters i was like so pumped and that was probably the first time i was let down by something like yeah i don't in hindsight i don't even remember why i thought it was bad but i just remember being really excited and then i saw it and was like i didn't like it <laughs> you know and well, so you know oh go ahead sorry you no know, i say so uh you know i i see you also share the other ones that's what i was gonna get to so like i've never yeah. gotten into any other iterations of the ninja Turtles, but are like the Nickelodeon or the one that came out like 10 years ago, like are all those good as well? Or do some of them kind of suck?
1: I didn't watch the, I haven't really watched a lot of the Nickelodeon one, the the cartoon. I didn't watch a lot of that. I did watch some of rise, but I haven't, I haven't got to watch and like really watch it. And then this movie that just came out is based on the rise series. That's on the rise of Ninja Turtles. is on, Netflix or whatever it just kind of popped up out of nowhere they didn't even do any kind of promo for it or anything but I knew it'd been in the works for like two years just from seeing a different post about it but they never like promoted it and they're just all of a sudden oh it's it's out today
0: oh okay yeah. or this new one that I Seth Rogan's working on I don't really um, like the new movie that just came out the I haven't seen it of course but just like looking at it I have I have a lot of random thoughts about it one of like uh, Sonic did this as well a few years ago on uh, the video game side or maybe it's a cartoon called Sonic Boom and they like redesigned all the characters where Knuckles was like big and shit and it was like yeah. supposed to be like to me they're video gaming these things so like now you look at the ninja Turtles Raphael's like a big tank and then it's like Donatello's a small stealth guy. And it's like, they're doing it for the future video games so they can have roles or whatever. And I understand that's a design choice. Cause like, that's how it works. Sometimes you have like these drastic differences to make like the style. But to me, what made the Ninja Turtles cool was the fact they were all basically the same. And that was its exactly. own sort of choice was like, they were all the same height and size. And I don't know. I just don't like this like- uh, version. <laughs>
1: Right. And I love Raph. Raph's my favorite. It's always been my favorite. And it's funny because then if you go back to the originals, whenever they first came out, they all had red Bandana. Yeah, and Ralph was actually I think the he was the main he one in the leader. cartoon or in the comic originally. Like yeah, he was the leader originally and that's why and they actually say it in that song or whatever, the Turtle Power song, they say Raphael, he's the leader of the group. Like but at that time even they had switched over and made Leo the leader. So it's kind of actually put it
0: in right. purpose I, or not. When I was a kid, I actually um, originally liked Donatello. Um, yeah, But then by the time I was like five, I loved Michelangelo. He was just funny. And I guess I gravitated yeah. towards that. Um, and then the Power Rangers came out. And I mean, I was like, my fandom just went from Ninja Turtles to Power Rangers. And I was all in right. on that until uh, the second movie. I and then that ruined it. I hated it. And I was like, I'm done with this shit.
1: Yeah, I I literally, I just got, like, I just got the whole, just a couple months ago, I got the whole series of the original Ninja Turtles cartoons. And then I just got the first few series of the Power Rangers. So I got, like, the originals. And then I think um, there's something else in there, too. I think the Alien Rangers is in there, oh, too. Yeah.
0: I remember but, whenever the blue ranger goes to the alien planet and you're like, Oh shit. What what's going see, on? And I didn't
1: catch any of that stuff. So I'm like hoping at one point, you know, I'll have time where I can just sit back and kind of like veg out and check that stuff out. But I mean, I think it's fun first-
0: to watch it now with the knowledge that all of the fight scenes where they're in uniform, those are like 20 year old Japanese footage from like a car, a different exactly. show. And then they just filmed the, like the human American interactions uh, to oh, the yeah. the I think it's fun to know when you watch it now.
1: It's, yeah, it's so cool watching it that way, but then it's like you're watching it and you're like, man, now we see why we loved it so much because they just, they pounded us with repetition to the degree that you couldn't, you couldn't not love it because you knew like instinctively you already knew what was going to happen and it amped you up. Right. You're like, oh, all the Zords are fixing to get together. You know, we <laughs> like, however the, you know, the whole
0: storyline however it was gonna go recently uh i had my nephew here for a couple days and i really want him to like digimon because i love digimon that's that was my next thing after power after i was done with power rangers digimon came out and i was like oh this is it and uh, as you tell i fox was that channel i had when i mentioned earlier oh (laughs) yeah yeah fox was Uh, everything and uh so digimon we watched like the first few episodes and he was like kind of thought it was a little boring or whatever but i yeah that's like so predictable it's like they get and they're like Well, who's is going to evolve this week to beat the bad guys? So you can get, you know, like it is a very like uh, repetitive thing. But whenever you were doing it week to week, it seemed like, you know, I don't know, a bigger deal, I guess.
1: But like one show that never was very repetitive to me was like the Batman animated series like that. That just really set the, the bar for animation storytelling back then at that time
0: right you see, you I, know, didn't, because, oh. I didn't really like batman the character but i, I did watch it when it was, i was like i like the spider-man animated series at that oh yeah definitely yeah love spider-man that that's good and, and i um, tried to watch the x the x-men one i loved at the time but they have it on hulu and i try to watch it and it's like yeah. four frames a second it's just like mm-hmm. audio over a drawing <laughs> you know like there's like no movement yeah. and you're like oh shit
1: and I was always into like the obscure stuff like I love Battletoads and yeah um and I mean even though it was like short-lived I think I had the VHS that had like five episodes on it and that's all you got out of it
0: which was the same way with Swamp Thing what was beat was, was, was it Morphs so, or there was some like Power Ranger Be- knockoff that was pretty fun Beetleboard yeah, yeah Beetleboard I remember that I enjoyed um, that that was a good time I also remember Metabods Street- or whatever yeah Street Sharks was great
1: I thought that was something that I thought they really could have, that's something that they
0: could bring back. I think Street Sharks would be dope. Right, yeah. Um, I think all this stuff they could, but then again, kids don't care about, I mean, I don't know if they don't care, but they don't, new kids shows are like, they kind of teach a lesson and shit, you know, I think it's different. I got, so my niece came a couple weeks before our our nephew came, and I for whatever reason, just had a feeling she would like the Jetsons because she like likes space and wants to be a scientist someday and all that shit. And so I yeah. just put on the Jetsons because it's on HBO and she watched like 10 or 11 episodes like in the few days she was here. She was all about it. And I think what it was was because they actually have storylines. You know, it wasn't trying to teach her anything. It was like George slept at work and was going to get fired, you know, or whatever. Like there was like a little story to it and she was like into it and shit. And I was right. like, and that's how I I, I kind of did the same thing with my daughter with the Muppets,
1: like, because I love the Muppets. So, right. like, I got her sat down and we started watching them and we were just watching them nonstop. And she was loving the, the sweetest chef.
0: Like, that was probably her favorite thing, that phenomena. See, so when I was but, a kid, I'm sure you remember uh, when Muppet Babies came out. Um I got oh, yeah. I got cable when I was like 7 7 or 8 something like that and uh yeah. so Nickelodeon very quickly became like my favorite shit and uh Oh yeah. I think the Muppet babies was like a morning cartoon on there and I just thought the Muppet babies were so good when I was when I was a little kid. Yeah.
1: I was on Nickelodeon all the time and all that stuff like Doug and Rugrats, Ren and Stimpy um even Eureka's Castle Stuff like that. I've always I've always been enamored with puppets. So anything that's puppet related, I'm all for it. So like even when they did that they did that movie with Melissa McCarthy, the Happy Time Murders, like I was still into it, even though it wasn't a that great of a movie. But right anytime, you know, anytime they do something with
0: Muppets or puppets or whatever, I just I, I enjoy it. I so. watched the uh me and my my wife loved this TV show called Face Off on Sci-Fi. I think they're done with it, but it was like a special effects makeup competition. And we yep. I watch like every fucking episode because she was into it. And they had for one season after that show the was Muppet. like, yeah, like Jim Henson's Muppet Creature. Camp. Shop. Yeah. Yeah. And it was pretty cool to watch them make. It show. was
1: cool. I wish they would have done another season of it. I hated that they didn't do that because, yeah, I watched that whole season.
0: Yeah. I was like, it was well, really it's like cool a lost art them. in a way, you know, the yeah. practical effects and uh, right. Never because because that's what made stuff, the Ninja, Ninja Turtle
1: movie. That's what made the Ninja Turtle movie so great is because Henson had his hand on that first movie. Like wholeheartedly. He had he had all his heart into that movie. And then the second one, he kinda did, but then at the same time, he was uh his health was declining at the time, so he wasn't as involved in the second one as he was in the in the first one. But um that's I the practical effects are just I don't know. It's just something about them. I just love that stuff.
0: Right. Well, in general, I, I, like, uh, it, I don't really care so much for like the superhero movies of today and stuff like that. I, mean, I think I'm sure there's a few that are really good, you know, if you watch them or whatever, but I think they just so right. heavily rely on each other and like guest appearances and all these other things to make a pop in the movie theater that I just miss like really good movies, you know? And yeah. like, I don't feel like there's many good movies made these days and there's like no good comedy movies. You know, like when I was in high right. school and we're relatively the same age, like there was like so many movies. Like I bought just DVDs and DVDs of all these great movies that like, now there ain't shit that is good like that, you know?
1: Right. I've been going through buying old, all kinds of old movies like we go me and my girl, we go to the flea market and I'll hit the DVD section and rack up fucking 60, 70 dollars worth of DVDs, just old stuff that. You know, either it might have been something that I kind of remember watching as a kid, but didn't really pay attention. So then I take it home and watch it and then find a million things in it that I can highlight. And then I'm like, oh, you know, like because I I didn't remember I didn't remember the RoboCop movies that well. I remember watching them as a
0: kid, but not like focused on. I remember RoboCop one scared me a lot. I had an uncle who was like a senior in high school when I was like three or four. And so he like loved it. And I think he watched it all the time. And I just remember like the injecting shit into their neck and how like brutal it was. Like it scared me as a kid to watch, but I always watched it.
1: Oh yeah. That scene, (laughs) that scene where they blast dude in the beginning, they, they blast dude that becomes Robocop. Like they fucking blow his arm off with a shotgun and all kinds of shit. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a brutal scene for that kind of movie considering you would think because I mean back at that time they were still pushing the action figures to kids even though the movie was a hard R. Right, you know. So like it's like we had the action figures and we wanted to watch the movie and then you watch the movie and you're like, "Oh
0: shit, this is this is I'm sure there was a video yeah. game as well that
1: Yeah, there was a video game and you know, I mean, they did all that stuff with Batman and all no, that the same way like i remember was, seeing
0: the batman with the penguin in theaters i think i was four or something like that when it came out yeah it's that scared the shit out of me as well i remember i was like crying like, yeah i gotta go <laughs> it's just too, too intense for
1: that was, me that's scary shit my I, I see and a lot of people are on the fence about different parts with the batman movies but like i i kind of have a soft spot for uh batman forever i like that one with val kilmer right
0: I, I but, saw all know. of them as a kid. I just, at some point in time, when I started looking at the heroes, I was like, I don't like how he's just rich. And I understand people that are fans right. are like, there's he's smart and whatever. And I'm like, I guess, but it's just he buys... I it's like he's like, he's like yeah. Iron Man, but Iron Man's got a little more interesting part because it's like this weird fucking uh, he has a generator in his chest. It's like that, right, is, right? In general, makes him a little more interesting, I think. But people like that dark, brooding aesthetic of Batman, you know, and I think that's what yeah. like, draws a lot of people in. Uh, now, but like, su- yeah, like saying, my I, favorite
1: Batman Superman,
0: oh. I've never really enjoyed. I just that, except yeah. in Smallville because he's not very powerful yet. And so I think that's why I enjoy it there. But in general, the whole idea of like, The man that could do anything. I just have no interest in that.
1: Yeah, I was never a big Superman fan. And and like I said, even Batman was like Batman was cool and I was in Ninja Turtles. But my favorite superhero was Swamp Thing. And that was just that was it. Like it was something I was drawn to that, which I mean, at the same time, I've said it before. I'm, I'm just drawn to things that are green. So like Swamp Thing, Kermit, Ninja Turtles, all those things. Had my interest and I've always been into reptiles and amphibians and, and all right. that. So it's always been my area of, um, interest So, but Swamp thing, uh, I, you know, I'm learning now that swamp thing is actually kind of modeled after the, the Egyptian God, Osiris. So that that's interesting to me now because, you know, Osiris was the, he was the God of vegetation. Well,
0: I think a lot brain. of or some of Osiris's story has been used in like the Christian story as well. You know, a lot of things are like recycled through things.
1: Oh, yeah. All that stuff's recycled. Right. Seth and all that. That is right. it's actually that's what I was going to tell you, because you were talking about the O.C. And if you pay attention to the O.C. and the names and everybody's names, and if you know who's who, actor wise, they're telling those stories in the O.C. That's the crazy
0: part. I do like the because- OC is good.
1: Oh yeah, like I loved it. But they're telling those stories in there, retelling the, the real story that you know people don't know. And it's and what what's crazy is when the truth does come out about all these things, all this history that's been hidden from us, they're gonna see that it's all been in the repetitious, super overused cliches. It's they're gonna they're gonna realize. Oh, wait, so this was the real story? Well, this sounds just like this movie. Or, oh, you remember that movie? Yeah, that sounds like that. You know what I'm saying? Where th- then it'll answer the universal question why do they keep remaking shit? Like, that's that, that'll answer the question because it's to retell the story over again. And they've just done it in a different light, in a different, different
0: angle, or use a different, um, name to to carry those people right. well, it's even, like even if they're not a straight remake uh i think in general the rule of movies is there's like you know let's say like six different stories that actually exist and then right. it's just different versions it's like here's the hockey version here's the baseball version here's the exactly. the nerd kid version you know whatever. like they just do different versions of the same stories and uh but i would say they have gotten very lazy with they do remake at least in the last like fifteen years, it feels like everything is a remake from something,
1: yeah, yeah, and I mean, I get it. they want to reboot it because they want to tell the story and and whatnot, and like even if you know the characters' names and you know how the story goes, even Robocop is the same way, like the original Robocop when I'm watching it, like now I have this index in my mind of like, okay, this actor with this name, this means this person, and that person, and you know what I'm saying, like kind of like same way as um kind of like how they use just something as simple as like saying in the OC, the son's name is Seth. And then in Austin powers, Dr. Evil's son is set is played by Seth green. So you see, it's like, and he's Scott evil or whatever, but you, you start to see these similarities and all these things. If you've watched all this stuff ad nauseum, like I have, which not a lot of people have for that matter, but, I've watched the same stuff. Like, I don't know. I've always had that knack to like, I want to watch the same stuff over and over. Like even when I was a kid, I would go to the movie store and, you know, there would be all kinds of new movies out, but then I would always go back to this one movie and want to rent it again and watch it again. Like I just, I always wanted to rewatch stuff and I never, and But, like, one movie that I know I always was turning down, and then when I finally picked it up, it became my favorite movie of, like, one of my favorites of all time, and that's Basketball. Yeah, Basketball. I have it. Yeah, like, I kept... And looking at the guys on the cover, I didn't realize that it was the creators of South Park because I was too young to know that. But, yeah, my pop let me watch everything. So, you know, R-rated (laughs) movie.
0: I mean, yeah, we have a similar, like, when we were young, watched movies in the same way we had a in my small town there was a video store uh like my mm-hmm. hometown's got like two thousand people or something like that for people right know the size and uh anyway this dude named mark ran the video store and i remember it so well Of we went in there when hellraiser came out And i don't like scary movies it's not really my thing but my best friend yeah, me, he he did and so he wanted to get hellraiser and uh he takes it up there and mark just goes do y'all's parents let y'all watch rated r movies and we said yes and he said, okay. <laughs> and we were like nine or whatever, you know? Right. And Hellraiser scared the shit out of me. Um, I don't know why. I just was so fucking weird and creepy. And uh, anyway, after that, we could rent whatever we wanted. And so, yeah, we rented like all kinds of shit that we totally should not have been watching. I remember also going like having good grades or something like my mom was like all right go choose a couple of VHSs." and uh i was at walmart and it was the weekend that austin powers came out i didn't even know what austin powers was i didn't even know it was in the theaters or anything like that and i bought yeah. austin powers on vhs and then i bought revenge of the nerds the first one uh that was like in some fucking cheap oh god whatever. man and my dude mom- i <laughs> my mom was just like, yeah, whatever, you know, she bought them. And I watch Austin awesome Powers, and I'm like, oh, this you know, shit's so funny. I go to school, I'm telling all the jokes, I'm telling people to come over and watch it. But then Revenge of the Nerds is like i mean so many tit shots right for like 10 year old me or whatever old i am and i'm like this becomes like the holy grail movie for me where i'm like i love revenge of the nerds and now looking back on it he kind of rapes the girl but also like in this weird world you're like but she seems into it at the end so all's well that ends well but in like i i totally understand he kind of like misleads the girl into sex but it was a different time and uh the jocks were so mean to those nerds. goddammit. it. But I just love the Ridge yeah. of the Nerds. Like I still oh, like yeah. seeing the song, the Lambda, Lambda, Lambda and Omega Moose all yeah. the time. Uh, it's just it's the best.
1: And that's funny because, yeah, that's another thing that I mentioned in the, one of the one of the acapellas I did. I'm not sure if it yeah. was the one. I don't know which one it was. I you something. Yeah, it, I think it was in the second acapella I did. I don't know if it was the one that you did the the beat for, but because um, I know you did Milky Way and you did the Lucky uh, Charms. Lucky Charms, yep. And which is funny because there's a whole story in there that's that's being told about a murder mystery. And then I watched Austin Powers and realized that they had that one murdering guy that had the Lucky Charms around <laughs> his bracelet. Yeah. And you I was, was like, number two, oh. work for yeah and i was like oh shit this is still connected like it's so it's so wild this fucking web that i've weaved because even all four of these acapellas that i've done i did them all in different time frames so it's all random thoughts and it's all just a a stream of thought so and i pretty much write them like i write them on the spot and usually they're done. I'm usually done with them in like an hour to two hours.
0: Yeah, I will say they're yeah. long as fuck. So people that don't know um, go look up uh the Milky Way and then Lucky Charms H2 list those. So I put beats over two of them uh, these acapellas yep. and they are just like long as fuck and you're kind of going different flows and just switch up that making the beats are quite a challenge but I think pulled it off a little bit and uh, oh, yeah, but these yeah, dope, really. it does. uh it is a stream of conscious rap shit, which I do a lot, but normally my shit's just not so like out there, I guess. I don't know how to word it. Right. But yeah, you're you kind of have a point, but then you're also kind of like maybe you're just rhyming shit. You know, I don't know. Um, See, And I'm not and I'm not, though. That's the thing is I'm not just
1: rhyming because I've already we've already had like this is a research thing. So it it kind of becomes like my book report. So when you when I present it to the people. I'm not just presenting it as, oh, this was just me rhyming a bunch of shit. No, this is, this has been me studying for several weeks and having all these different things in my face from movies to uh, phrases to cliches to books to whatever, everything that's in my face. And then out of nowhere, it just like, boom, it just all explodes out. So, but I won't like, I don't usually even like have punchlines or anything ready when I write them. So when I just sit down, it just becomes rapid fire. But, um, the thing that's crazy about it is, is that after doing these four, which the fourth one has not been released yet because it has to be altered. Um, cause I added some stuff to it, but, um, I did all four of them last Friday night on a uh, Facebook live. Yeah, I watched uh, so, part of it. Yeah. So I did the whole set and now people are um I've heard from several people that they're kinda in a daze after they watch it because it's it's so much, but it's also it's also so much in like one sitting. It's like um it's the equivalent to shadow boxing. That's that's what I will call it. It's the equivalent to shadow boxing that I'm I'm going against something that nobody can see. So as I put all these multiple punchlines on top of punchlines on top of punchlines, but they're also, they also make sense. So it's like you have to sit back and think about it and go, well, you know, he kind of has a point, but is it? Is he saying it because it's true or is he saying it because, like you said, it just rhymes? But see, that's, that's the difference, because like, when you listen to somebody like Eminem, a lot of his stuff, he just wants to rhyme the words. He will find any way to rhyme a word. So that's always his mission. Mine has been, OK, I want it to rhyme, but at the same time, I want to make sure it makes sense, too. Like, even though it's so off the wall, how can I make it make sense?
0: right um and so i also have a question about like you watch movies to research and to get like the answers to the truth of the universe things like that is it that like you think these things you watch them and they open your mind to think a certain way that inspires you to see the world for its truths or do you think like the makers of the movie literally put these things in place so that someone like you later on would watch them and connect the dots like It's all subconscious. It's all subconscious. Everything that like when you create
1: something, that's that's from your subconscious. So us as creators, when we make a creation, whether we're creating a song or a book or even a lie, for that matter, you're using your subconscious. So if somebody can track somebody's subconscious. And that would mean that they would have to know things that only you would know. So that's why I say it's always connected to me, because it's always something that is connected to me personally in a way that nobody else would even know. They would be like, how the fuck would he even know that if it wasn't something that was locked away in my brain?
0: So it's like you're Slumdog Millionaire. Basically, yeah. I never watched that movie, but I do get the reference. Perfect. Well, I'm glad you do. So I love The <laughs> Office, which I know anyone that's heard of this podcast knows. But there's this one Me episode too. of The Office where uh, Holly and Michael are doing like a skit uh, at the like a company wide picnic or whatever. And they're doing their own version of of it. It's like the Dunder Mifflin air mm-hmm. instead of some. Yeah. And I think about that scene. So just randomly through the week and I'll start laughing and my wife's like, what? And I'm like, Slumdog dog Mifflin Air, where he's like getting he's pretending to get beat and shit. I don't know. I just think it's so funny. Yeah, it's
1: it. funny um, that you mentioned the office because, see, I can even I can even connect like what I just told you with like the episode when Michael Scott goes missing and nobody knows how Michael Scott's brain works except for Holly.
0: Right. She's like, No, I smell chimichangas this way or whatever it is. Yeah. She knew
1: everything that he he she knew every move he was gonna make because they were made for each other. Right. So that's that's kind of the same thing.
0: Now like two, Go ahead. Oh uh, yeah, I was gonna say two real quick random TV show things because I just popped them my head. Earlier we talked about stuff and it's a show you may have seen, I watched it. Uh, on Hulu back in the day, it was called Kings, I believe. And it was this NBC show and it was the retelling of the Bible, but like in modern times. So like the David character takes out a Goliath. That's a tank, but it's like in a similar fashion. And then it's like the story of David and like the main character is David. And I thought it was really cool. And they live in like Gilead, you know, all this different shit. That's like a reference to the old biblical stories, but it seems like a show you would just like really fucking love, but you may have come across it. There was only one season and it got canceled. I've never watched it. That's the thing about it. That's what's so crazy is because all my life, I
1: never read the Bible. I didn't read the Bible until 2019. And even then, it was just because when I went into the hospital, a dude told me to read the book of John. He handed me the book of Psalms and said, Start at John. I didn't ask him why. I just said, Okay, well, I'm in this hospital and I don't know how long I'm going to be here. So let me start reading John. So, What I did was, I essentially, to use the term, I marked my words. I marked everything in the book, everything in that book of the Bible that pertained to me. Because as I started to read it, I was like, oh, I know this reference. I know that reference. I know this. I know that. I know this word. I know that band. That band name came out when I was in high school. This, 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 this. I start matching all these things together. And then I realized okay, so this has got to be something bigger. Like this is, and then, you know, as I told, as I've been telling you guys about gematria, I found out in gematria that there are 12 Sagittarius clues in the Bible. So, you know, and whatever that means necessarily, I'm a Sagittarius, but I, um, but I've found multiple clues in the Bible, like, Like, you know, there's a, there's a chain block right there where you've got Abraham freed and slaves all in the same line, like, like down the row or,
0: um, but okay. So a situation like that. That wouldn't be in every Bible because it would depend on the font size, the spacing, all this stuff. It just happened in your Bible that you happen to be in reading. In my book, yeah. So in like, my psalm yeah. y- You think that's just like a message to you. It's not like they printed that with that message to everyone. I mean,
1: I never had a Bible. And so- then also
0: like... I guess because for me, a lot of things that like uh, stop because I, I did grow up reading it and going to church and caring about it and all that stuff. Um, but then whenever you realize like it's a translation from like ancient Hebrew and then the people that translate it were kind of like under pressure to put it a certain way by the king and shit like it starts losing some of that like majesticness to it. right? But like some of like, my grandparents, because I've voiced these concerns with them, they just believe like everything is translated the way it is for a reason, so that when you read it, it's what you need to hear, and God's made sure of it. But to me, I think that's like conspiracy theory to like the nth degree. You know, it's like what and it
1: and it's funny that you say that, like saying that maybe somebody's in a rush, right? So you think about the you think about one of the books' names is Deuteronomy, right? But if you kind of break it down, it could be also somebody sub uh, subconsciously saying Deuteronomy, like. Like, their subconscious is saying Deuteronomy, so they wrote Deuteronomy. That's what they came up with.
0: Well, I don't like, think the word dude existed when they wrote Deuteronomy, and it's like dude, do not dude. Uh, But, and again, Deuteronomy is an English word. When they wrote it, it was in fucking Hebrew. Like, this right. is a translation. So, I don't know. I just think it's weird that it's supposed to be like God's word, but a man wrote it, and then it was translated years later, but now it's got a mythical meaning. I think you could take any book series— that has enough pages and you could find anything. And I think you could take Harry Potter and you'd be like, JK Rowling's trying to speak to us. Here's the messages she's giving us. And I think you could make a pretty good uh, belief system on it because humans want to believe. And so I think you right. could grab onto certain things and be like, Hey, well, we'll take these characteristics and we'll do this. And it would probably work out fine. I just don't know if that means it's the truth, you know, just because yeah. you can find stuff.
1: Exactly. And I, and I, um, I definitely. um, I think it is fun.
0: I I don't know. You know, like I love ancient alien shit. You know, like I think a lot of shit's pretty cool. And then you get someone that's like, and then that they wrote the Constitution, and you're like, shut the fuck! You're taking it too far.
1: (laughs) You know. My thing is my problem with see not my problem, but my thing that makes it different for me is that every time I have an epiphany about something where I make a connection, my whole body chills over. So there's always a goosebumps moment where. When I make those connections in those songs it's it's due to a goosebumps moment I already had where I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, that's why this is this, kind of like how i said like and and you'll and you because you've been to college and you know anatomy and all that, you would question exactly what i'm what I'm fixing to use as an example to say that." all these years they told us about the birds and the bees. Right. And then me and my girl were sitting there and I don't even remember how we got to it, but she kept, she kept talking about pineapple express. And the main thing that jumped out at me was the very first clip where Bill Hader is is smoking. And he says, this is the bees needs. And so then you start to think, right, right. He's like, Yeah, your dick, my mouth, blah, 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 whatever. But yeah, that whole thing is funny as hell. But then I'm like, why the fuck would we have a term like bees knees? And I get it because it sounds like business. But bees knees. So we're talking about the knees on bees. So then if you're twisting your head the way mine twists, then I go, okay, well, the bees got knees and then you got birds. And what's a bird? A swallow. Right. So (laughs) the birds and the bees happens when she swallows on her knees. Well, a type of bird is a swallow just to a type of bird. Yeah. Yeah. Just like thrush. A thrush is a type of bird, which is something you get in your mouth. So same thing. You still make that connection. So why is it connected? Why? Why is it so connected, so blatant to that degree? That's the question. That's what I'm asking in all of these. Is saying that if I come across the line with conviction and what I'm saying, and I'm not saying it just to go, I'm not saying it to put it in your face and say, this is, you have to believe me. No, I'm putting it in your face to say, look at it from this angle. And, you know, you're allowed to think however you want to think. We all have free will to think that way, and everybody uses discernment. But if you can, if you're already twisting, like the population is already twisting their mind enough to think, you know, extraterrestrials are coming or whatever the cha- whatever the case is, what what if it's deeper than that? What if what if our skulls are planets? You know, like what if we're living in a metaphorical world and this is the simulation is all based on
0: metaphor? I mean, I truly believe that we're in a simulation I have for a few years. I bring up on the podcast every once in a while. I know it it feels crazy, but I think it feels crazier to think we're real, (laughs) which I know, again, it sounds even nuts, but I'm totally in simulation. But
1: what if we're we're really an imprisoned solar system? What if. That, you know, that, that that's another question. But what's the difference? Say,
0: I guess would be my point. I mean, even when I think of the simulation, like, what is the difference? Even if we were, what does that change? Because we're a now? bunch
1: of, yeah, yeah, because really what? We're a bunch of, if all our heads are planets and we're just moving around through the atmosphere under a sun, believing we have a soul, it still makes us a solar system. So, Nonetheless, yes, that's, you know, and we're God's plantation, which means that we were a cropulation to begin with. So that
0: is a cropulation a word. No, no. Oh, okay. But
1: I, yeah,
0: a cropulation I was, just curious would a if if it was a real word. A
1: would be like, we're crops. We're we're meant to be food. I, it reminds like, me
0: all this stuff always reminds me of my, my favorite Futurama episode, which is where Bender mm-hmm. is in space. And then mm-hmm. the little colony lands on him and they're like his little people. And then there's like the evil people that get form on his ass and they're like, they don't get his love. Cause he's always looking at the other colony. And I, I just think that episode's so good. I love a good cartoon that can like prove a lot of fucking political points with some dumb shit. Um, anyway, shout out Futurama. <sighs>
1: I never watched a lot of Futurama, but I do get the reference. Um, because there's something kind of similar to that like whenever they put the um when they put the semen in the sea monkey tank in South Park and then they all become a civilization in the water and then Hartman becomes their their god that they pray to and then they build a whole statue in the sea monkey
0: tank. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Hart- the pray to cuz that's uh, somehow jolted my memory. The other the second thing I'd say about TV shows and I think I brought this up to you many a times before but I really think you would like Stargate SG-1. Uh, It's like my guilty pleasure TV show. Me and my homie Powell yeah. love it. We reference it all the time, all that shit. But it's just like, it's so good, you know, and like there's just so much to it and the way it's like kind of set in the yeah. real world and it's like kind of set around these conspiracies and like, um, you know, like the senators will show up and be like, if you don't give me... This information. I'm gonna blow this thing up public and you're like, oh but that really happened, you know, and shit like that. So um Right, right. Fucking just love Stargate, so I'd throw that out there. I just feel like it could maybe line up with some of your other uh you could probably watch it and get some like, oh, that's a good point moments, you know. Yeah. Maybe most, not.
1: Most most definitely. I think I could. You know, I just I, I guess I just pick and choose what I what I go with and I have and you've already seen my D V D collection. So you see, I barely make a dent on, you know watching anything really but because i pick certain movies to watch and like and it'll take me 15 to 20 minutes to pick one but you know nonetheless um and that brings up a funny thing about conspiracies because see this the latest thing that i talked about in my live the last verse that i did which is actually like 20 it's like 21 minutes long i think um but it's uh it's actually circles around a a um a conspiracy in our town. Something that happened in ninety-six. Um a girl went missing and nobody ever got any answers about it.
0: Yeah, I saw you post well, something about it, and then people uh it seemed like yeah, your people town got wasn't real pissed. upset or yeah, I weren't real happy. Yeah, people got pissed about it.
1: Um but Now that I've done this verse, I've been able to connect multiple dots, multiple things, because, like I said, if you're using your subconscious. Then it's crazy, because like to tell you how it all panned out was like to say, okay, I went to work this morning and my buddy Nick asked me what my favorite and just out of nowhere. Randomly, he asked me, what was your uh, favorite all time sports team? I'm like, oh, the Bulls for sure. Always watched them in 96. And you know, back in like 96 is like one of the dates that I or one of the years that I dropped. But I was always watching the Bulls back then. So then later on in the day, I see in these books and these titles are, you know, titles um what was it, The Night She Disappeared. Um, and then she was gone after the party. And I'm like, Okay, all this is like I keep seeing these books pop up, and I'm like, why do I keep seeing these books pop up? So then I go and I look into another box and I see another book, but this book is a book that doesn't have anything to do with a missing girl or anything, but the author's name, I'm seeing the author's name on the back. That's the first thing I see, and it says Casey Patch. And the name of the girl that went missing is Casey McDaniel. So then I'm like, Casey Patch. So I'm like, I'm, I'm you know, I'm racking my brain about it. And then my break comes up. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to look this up at break. And so I just happened to look up her her uh, FBI file that was on, you know, that you can look on it online. And the only mark that they had, that they could uh, tell her by was that she had a strawberry shaped birthmark on her arm. And I was like, huh okay, So strawberry shape birthmark mark would be like a patch on the arm. Um, you know, use patches to cover up holes. Um, so then I'm like, I'm asking around and I'm like, we have this patch that I ended up going out to when I was, um, before I had my second, um, hospital trip, I ended up going all the way out to the sunflower patch that we had. Like, Something sent me out there like I was just I was walking through town and I just ended up walking all the way to the other side of town, the sunflower patch. And the details of that are are a little wild. So I'm not going to just go into that. But when I was there, it was like I didn't really know why I was there. But then so I come out of break and I asked somebody, I said, what used to be? Um, or what, what's always been at that patch? Cause I know it wasn't always, uh, sunflowers and it wasn't always pumpkins, but that's where they pretty much make all their money is off the pumpkins and the sunflowers. And so then they said, Oh, it used to be a strawberry patch. Like, Oh, Oh, okay. So then I go home and I'm racking my brain about it. And I'm like, what if she's, what if she's under the strawberry patch? And because basically what happened was when she went missing, everybody in town, everybody that came to look for, they looked on the poor side of town. They never looked on the rich side of town. And that's where the patch is. It's on the rich side going out towards another town called Medina. So and then I got to thinking about the trajectory of the whole town that over the years, our whole town has started growing out towards that patch, not out towards where she lived. She lived on the other side of town. But the whole town has been growing exponentially towards that patch. So I'm like, why is everything so much closer to that now than it used to be? You know, and you could say land or whatever the case is, but there's land on the other side of town, too. So anyways, so I uh I get that epiphany that she's in the garden. And then the next morning I go um I go to work. I open up box. The first book that's on top in the box says girls in the garden. Now, the funny thing is about all these books are that they're all by the same, uh, author. Her name's Lisa Jewell, J E W E L L. And then I'm like, holy shit. Like what's, you know, what's really going on here? Because then I'm thinking, um, Like all this shit, I'm looking at all these titles and then I look at another title and it says friend of the family. So then I start looking up the whole story because I never knew anything about the story. I just my best friend. um, Was her cousin. So like I never knew any of the details of any of the story and I never looked into it. But some dude named uh, Brandon Barnett had done a whole podcast about it in 2019 called Searching for Ghosts. And I like I said, I didn't listen to it. I didn't know any of the information, but it was like for some reason, all this is talking to me now at this very moment, and then I start looking up all the dates, and it's like we're coming up on the anniversary of her disappearance. so then I go to um I go to the library and I start going through the the newspapers. Well, I couldn't remember I knew what week she was missing, but I ended up going to the paper the week before that, and then, in that paper. There was one page where it had it had a picture of my cousin. Her name was Shelby. Um, And there's a picture of another woman next to her named um, Jewel Fessmeyer. And it was her 88th birthday. And her name, her first name was spelt the same way that the author's last name is spelt on all those books. And then above that was my buddy Jonah. His name's Jonah Martin Henry Hayes. And him and his sister is a picture of them together above my cousin. Now, what people don't know is that years later, Jonah would end up working for me at my job. And then me and him became really good friends. And, um, so then also, when you're getting yeah, them, like
0: ahead. all these signs, you know, like people saying yeah. strawberry patch and you see in a book that has pat you know, whatever patch, and yeah. you open a book that says the guy, is in your mind, is it that again, like the universe or someone's giving you a sign through this, or are you just saying like you notice yeah, these things it. and like your brain happens to start turning and then it gets there. Or do you think it's like purposely? No, I happening? believe
1: it's the whole universe. I believe it's the whole universe speaking to me when I when I see these things. Like, because there's no there's just no other way to explain it. I like, just I
0: guess I never think I'm important enough for the universe to show signs to. So I guess it's hard for me to imagine because I if I saw something, you know, even crazy, I would be like, What a fluke. You know, like I just wouldn't take it as like a sign. I guess. See, I'm not like that. See, I'm a
1: like I'm a I'm a whimsical person. So everything I believe, everything like I believe everything is possible. I've always kind of been like that. I've always had that. I'm
0: a dreamer. Right. Anything possible. Which you've heard on this podcast many a time. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, I asked him many years ago about his religious views. because I didn't want to offend him because, you know, I can say some pretty uh, offensive things to people that are like big believers. And right. uh he just said he thinks everyone has their own God and everyone's belief is right. And I was like, Well, that's fucking stupid. But he was like, Well, I mean, everyone just has their right to their own. And I as in through time, I've been like, I get that. And I understand like he's just saying, like, mind your business and let everyone worship who they want. And I would be cool with that. I just think a lot of people don't mind their business and they try to force people to worship who they want them to worship. But um, you know, I, I think through that, like sort of believe everything. I think there is something that can be like freeing about that. in a, in a Right. Way.
1: But so the whole thing and, and like and see, I've really tried to I've kind of tried to edge out the religious stuff if I can help it. Right. Like if I if I can edge it out and just make it where, hey, I want to explain this to you. But it's kind of hard. Like like I came up with the, I came up with the uh, the example to somebody I said if you were to take a picture of everybody hanging like a, a group of people in a hanging and remove the rope, or, or I said, what's the difference between a group of people hanging and a group of people praying? And I said, the rope, that's what I said. So saying that you're essentially when you're praying, you've got your head down and something else is praying on. You. Right. But yeah, that's, that's where I was going with that. And you know, but I try to do it in a way where it doesn't just like piss people off because this is the Bible belt, you know? Yeah. yeah trust me. I get it.
0: I mean, it's, uh, it, it's very offensive. I compared a lot to the Santa Claus thing. Um, you know, mm. like when I was in fourth grade, I remember it very well. My dad got a new job at his factory and we started, we started making pretty decent money, but it came with, uh, Hey, he has to work on Christmas. You're going to get your presents early. And, uh, we're going to tell you the truth about Santa and all that. And then afterwards, seeing the kids that like still believed and like, Mm -hmm. you would be trying to do them a solid, like, Hey, you look like a fool. Let me tell you the truth. And they would be like, they would dig in deeper, you know? And like, I know Santa's real. And like, I think that is like a perfect analogy to people who believe in whatever their religious thing is, you know, in their adult world where it's like, yeah. I, when I first became a non-believer, I wanted to like convince everyone of my thought, but that was like so stupid because that's just not how that works. And then like they just dig in deeper, you know, and they'll be like, you're a moral, a horrible person and you're going to hell. Like, you know, they just like hate you more. So yeah. You yeah, kind of just I have to leave actually. it be. But yeah, living in the Bible Belt and not being like, uh, just do every what everyone says is can be challenging, I would say.
1: Right. And, you know, like the, the whole thing is, is that if I go and show the cert- if I show certain people all these connections and stuff they're going to think that'm i we're gonna be back in fucking uh holy Grail times and they're going to think I'm a fucking witch right so you <laughs> know burn him at the stake but nonetheless um outback uh anyways
0: but i can't it's really hard for me to just lie like, right I, right I don't right. know it's like very t- I can lie if like, I know it's a joke. Like if I know I'm doing it to trick someone or to like for something funny, I can. But if it's just like in the moment I need to lie about something, I, I find it so fucking hard.
1: <laughs> right. And then like like I said, now I realize that
0: when you realize
1: um, I realize that when you lie, I mean, you're using you're still using your subconscious. So whatever you're using can be picked apart if somebody knows what you're talking about. Real, eyes, often, realize, real yeah, lies, real lies,
0: real lies. Yeah, exactly.
1: Real eyes, real lies, real lies. Right. But it's, um now what was I gonna say? But then what got crazy no, you're cool, man. Um what got crazier about the search was that then and remember, this is ninety six. Technology hasn't really evolved yet. Everybody looked to the paper for news and if you didn't know what was going on in the paper, you didn't know what the fuck anybody else was doing. Right, yeah. So right, so there's a town called Fruitland that's close to my town and it turned out like that next week when her when she went missing, she went missing at the end of the week of the paper that I'm talking about had all these connections to the book title and the author and all that stuff. Then she went missing at the end of that week. So that means that when this paper came out, she was still Intact. All right. Now, the next week, there's an article in there about the Clintons came to Fruitland to look into gravel.
0: Yeah. The Clintons and, probably killed her. I mean, that's most likely what happened. Right. Exactly. That's uh, what I mean. But that's, the title of the books, I mean, like it takes years to write books and publish them. Exactly. You know? But the titles, that's the thing. The titles are what's. And
1: then when I'm on my Facebook, there's people that I went to school with that are sharing these books. They're
0: sharing these exact books that I'm seeing every day. And then I'm like, somehow the algorithm has also makes the, some of these connections for you, you know, for instance, I'll mention something. And then like the next day, Facebook showing it to me and I'm like, y'all motherfuckers.
1: And I thought that too, until I looked in the newspaper. And then when I looked in the newspaper, I saw the name of the cop that was working the job that was working the case. And his name was Hartsfield. And then I was like, okay, so... What well,
0: is a strawberry patch, but a Hartsfield, e- obviously.
1: Exactly. Exactly. What would a field of hearts look like? Strawberry patch. Uh, so what are the... I get so it. What I'm are starting to learn. i starting to learn. Exactly. You you knew exactly where I was going with it before I even switched it up. And, I mean, you been around me long enough to know, or worked with me long enough You heard all my shit. You kind of know how my mind works. And but what are the odds of that? That's the question. What are the odds that this person with this exact name would, you know, like all that, all the strawberry shit. And the thing is, is that our rivals are known for strawberries. Humboldt, our town, Humboldt, is known for strawberries. They have a strawberry festival every year. So it wouldn't be that odd to have a strawberry
0: patch. Oh, it right. wouldn't
1: be odd to have a strawberry patch, but from what I know is that before it was a strawberry patch, it was a dairy pasture.
0: So makes sense. It's probably right. why it's rich and able to grow so much good strawberries because all the cows. Right. Are... Right, exactly. So then
1: but then there's a whole nother connection that I'm not even gonna get into, but I would love for people to go to my Facebook and watch the live. Yeah. Go and, it's your boy H
0: Two dot com.
1: And hear the rest of it and just remember that um the book, it is 62 pages less than the Bible. That's what you, that's what I um will put in there. So maybe people will, okay, let me see how he's going to go connect this because that shit is crazy. When I made those connections, I was like, okay, wait a minute. This is getting, this is way too crazy because then even if you look at um the original it miniseries, one of the producers' names is Epstein.
0: So I think it's a pretty common Jewish name, and Jews. Are I mean, it's a common, common Jewish TV name. and and know. it's and it's a movie about kids getting abducted. So and also, yeah. uh, you know, all the Epstein list people, ain't none of them getting going to jail. It's some bullshit. Uh, yeah, I don't know about all that either, and like, cause I thought it was crazy. I listened to
1: games, uh, Eminem disc. Oh yeah, yeah, and he came he out actually, he has a line in there about, it says Eminem running across Epstein Island or some, or Eminem on the beach on Epstein Island. Some shit. Maybe. I mean,
0: I don't know. You know, I don't understand the lifestyle and the rich and famous, obviously, because I would assume if I was rich and I wanted to have sex with people, it wouldn't be that difficult. So like, it doesn't seem like you need to go to an island. But if these people have like a fetish for children, then that's a totally different thing. You know, Right. Now, I I still kind of think that. Uh he was working for intelligence, you know, CIA, FBI, or maybe a foreign intelligence, and they they get these people on the island to have sex with these young girls, film it, and then now they can blackmail them. That just made that's the most like common sense thing that they were doing. And it also makes sense of why none, you know, they kill him before anything comes out so he can't rat out, you know, whatever intelligence agency. I just think that. It makes the no most sense. I've recently listened to a guy on a podcast. I can't remember his name. I think it's like Garvin U or something like that. And he yeah. has this whole idea about how like the monarchies have always shaped the world. Even like after the time of monarchies, like America had monarchs. We just don't think of them that way but like how right. Roosevelt was like the last monarch of America. And he did four terms in a row. And in that time he made like all the alphabet organizations, like the CIA and the FBI and all this shit to go do all that shit that like the president can't actually do. So what they do, they've made new departments that could go do all this shit to take your rights from you. And so like through that, it didn't matter who was the next president. Um They actually chose Truman to be next because he was really dumb and they wanted Roosevelt to look better by comparison. And, um, but they had like such the, such a huge government built that like, yeah, one person can't come in as president even know. And by the time Eisenhower's president, it's only like two people later, he says the military industrial complex is so large that he doesn't even know what the fuck's going on and no one will tell him and he's the president. So like, it's been going on that long. You know, we all right. talk about it like it's a new thing, but it's been going on a while. And I, I don't know why it's been in my mind all week since I've listened to this guy and I'm like, man, we're fucked, but it's also very interesting, you know?
1: Yeah. I I mean, All these agencies, which I don't really know much about them, honestly, because I haven't paid any attention to them. It's like, that's my whole thing is like, I never paid attention to any of this shit, you know, like for the past 20 years, I've been doing music. I just been doing music. That's it. Like, and I just take in whatever I listen to, what I watch, stuff from movies, stuff from, you know, books or whatever the case is. Most of it's movies and TV show references. Most of my music is that. and You know, when when I'm not um, well, when I'm doing punchlines and shit like that. But then then the other parts are are my life and things that have been going on in my life or, you know, stories about other things. And like I've gotten to the point now where I say that this whole situation that I'm talking about with this missing girl is I believe that it is a massive cover up in this town. Like it's kind of like it where you want to mention it. You want to mention it. To somebody, but it's like they kind of ignore it like they know something's up, but then they ignore it like they don't,
0: you know, there's a book um, written by John Grisham, who's a very famous author uh, called The Innocent Man. that's set in the town I live in and they did a whole Netflix special of over it as well. And uh, it was very interesting for to see people drive around this town. I can kind of yeah. break some of it because you're like they're talking and they look out the window and they look out again and they're three miles down the road and you're like wait that was cut you know like right. you wouldn't normally notice that shit if you don't know the town so that made it pretty fun but um yeah it's all about how like the police covered up some shit they convinced these people to admit to a murder um because they were kind of special needs guys and uh, they were just not okay. that smart and they were convinced to uh, admit to it and they clearly didn't do it and like it's also fucked but it was like really fun watching it and being like it's here it's like we're watching something that happened at this place
1: right exactly and that's like that's like our landmark mystery here it's always been here since 96 and there's never been like, so like there's never been any news or
0: because when i was uh in like 1994 i would have been like six years old uh the, this girl who was a senior in high school snuck out of her apartment or not her apartment of her house and went and party with her boyfriend and two guys. They murdered her and raped her and threw her off a bridge. And then eventually those guys were arrested. One guy ratted out the other ones. It was a whole thing. Right. But it was like national news. And like, then uh Dateline came and did an episode in our town. And then A&E came years later and did an episode over it. And it's right. so like, it was like this big fucking news story. And it was like our little claim to fame, which it was a tragedy or whatever. But you're saying like this right. thing in your town, no one's ever Thank had anything you. like that.
1: Like yeah, we never had anything like that up until that point. And then when it right. happened, government, psychics, uh what was it? People from Oregon came to to search the, you know, the ponds, drain the ponds, look right. everywhere. People still constantly look everywhere. Then then all this, whenever they do got ready to do the podcast, everything starts coming back up. So now, you know, He's talking to all these people and I'm, you know, I I didn't listen to any of the interviews or anything yet. I don't really I really don't have to dig into it because I get it, because then they said that the cop that was working the case moved to Canada. And he has a street named after him here. So explain to me what would make you move to Canada from a town where they honored you to the degree that they even named a street after you. So. So that kind of that kind of does could have been healthcare. You know, could have been, been yeah, could have been a real reason. Well, yeah, but I yeah. watched yeah, we watched that we we just watched that recently um, that documentary SICKO by Michael Moore because that's what they that's what they were showing. They're showing like a girl moving from Michigan or traveling from Michigan to Canada just to get healthcare.
0: But people like, are traveling so, to fucking Mexico for better healthcare. I mean, that's the that's true fucking weird world we're in um well when i got when i got hepatitis c i i had
1: i went through gilead so um gilead is is in canada those were the people that supplied me with um Epclusa.
0: so hell yeah um speaking of health things i'm slowly uh almost back to better health but it's been a very very slow process taking lots of vitamins um and i I don't even really know what's wrong with me, but I I've, I've felt like it's might get back to better someday. But uh, do you have any future music plans before we get out of here? You know, you got what are you working on?
1: Um, well, right now I am. I know we've got we've got so many projects already done, ready to put out. That's the thing is like at this point, like we just I just re-released Bullseye. Uh, because we wanted to put it on the streaming platforms, because we felt like it didn't get enough love when we released it as mixtape. Right. So we yeah, went ahead. Don't and don't really that. do the
0: mixtape sites anymore.
1: They really. Yeah, them. yeah. And I can get some audio mac numbers here and there, but it's not it's not the same as like when you're on streaming sites, because then that's more consistent. But so we did we re released Bullseye, and so that was with me and JSYF, and now there's a. uh a collab project with JSYF and Mr. Goat 731 called Mylin that will be coming out soon. It's already done. We're just, um, we're just trying to get with somebody about shooting a video for the the lead single. And then. JSYF already has almost a whole nother project done. Mr. Goat 731 has a project done called, um, a heart of a ghetto boy. And, um, then. What else do we have, and then myself j s y f and mr go seven three one have a project together called uh triangle defense, which is um basically what I had you make that beat for that that's where that's yeah. gonna go, yeah, so because it's it's reminiscent of um a video that we did here in our town it was actually our first video which is like I said, I actually predicted that years ahead of time. Like I said, in a line, I said my I was going to shoot my first video by Charlie Jones. And then years later, we were doing something. And then out of nowhere, they're like, hey, y'all want to go shoot a video? And then are like, where y'all want to shoot it at? And then we're looking around for spots. And we're like, well, let's do it here. And we ended up doing it in front of this little corner store called Charlie Jones, where, you know, we well, it's called Charlie Jones because somebody came in and shot the guy. and. That's how we always know it' was Charlie Jones convenience store, even though it's owned by somebody else now, but nonetheless, it's nostalgic for the town, even though we started to get we actually started to get bad press because there's people in the video there were people in the video that were some were gang affiliated and some ended up getting killed and so then it was a whole thing where the we actually had heard somebody from like the p t a had actually come to us and said, hey, look, the cops came and they played this video because it had all these affiliations in it. And now you guys look like public enemies. And it was like, it was really fucked up because we're like, I don't have a record. JSYF doesn't have a record. And GOAT really doesn't have a record either. So it's like, we're, you know, doing this song in this area and it's just, we just look guilty by affiliation. So... Now we look like the bad guys for trying to put more music into the city. But nonetheless, that chant in there that you took, that you sampled for the beat, yeah, that's the the whole nostalgia feel of it. Because that's where we kind of really started to get a lot of... Um, pick up a lot of popularity around here was when it was me, JSYF, Mr. Go731, Pico um, Red, which he he's not with us now, but which is just funny because, you know, you deal with a Rico red and I, you know, I dealt with a Rico red. So it's kind of an interesting connection. Right.
0: Right. Um, Yeah. But, and then also I sent you a beat pack of random beats. So you got to get on those as well. I do. I do. I've got to go through them. And,
1: uh, I'm just now knocking out some features for a couple of my other guys. And, um, and then working on that. And I'm also working on a, um, the fourth installment of my simple, but effective series called forever. And I'm already like nine, 10 songs into that. So I'm not really far from being done with that. You actually played the single from it. the um, good boy. Right. Um, yeah. You played that on the last episode of the podcast, which I hate that that ended, but Yeah, I understand. And you got to, you got to spit it out, and can't let everything, you know, take
0: up all your time. Right. Honestly, it's just uh, eventually we're. It just feels like it has to end eventually. I don't think I can keep it going forever, you know, without it being successful. Which I know is like people are like, who cares if you enjoy it? But at some point in time, uh, everyone else is like, you're still doing a podcast, and you're like, yeah, twice a week. <laughs> right.
1: I mean, you know, I mean, as long as. If this is something you enjoy doing, you know, you should definitely stick with it. That's how I that's how I kind of look at it is
0: right. Well, you know, I think I mean, I've just you know, I think this has run its course, as I've said, I think before whatever. And I, I think after this year, I'll take the rest of the year off, which there's only a few months left. And then uh, I, I I do want to kind of come up on Twitch and, and like do a video version of the music pod where, you know, you all submit a song throughout the day and you could just give a Spotify link that went to them to send me a whole file. And then we could just play it and have a camera on skinny and him going crazy or whatever. And I mean, I think we can make it work in a different way. It's just, uh, you know,
1: yeah, that would be really dope. Yeah.
0: That would be dope to do it like that. But I I mean, I will miss, like, I enjoy getting to talk about current events and being like, here's why I think it's all stupid. Like I enjoy that part of it. So like, I will miss that of when I have a random thought or a random memory. Like I think something a podcast does that, uh, you might not realize it's like you start remembering a lot more from your childhood. Like I have a pretty good childhood memory anyway, compared to a lot of my friends, but like you'll remember one thing and you're like, actually I also remember a week after that, this other thing happened that you haven't thought about in a long time. And so, Oh yeah. That's yeah. That was like, that kind of hit me because whenever uh,
1: you play good boy, I've got a line in there about something that it hit me at work. I was just thinking about it. I wasn't thinking deep enough about it, but then I You know, I've got a line in there where I talk about where I got shot in the back with a BB gun by a kid named Dallas, whose father's name was John. So, you know, those like something that it seemed insignificant at the time, I guess. But I got shot right in the back of my neck. And the doctor said, like, if it had been like a like a centimeter closer or something, I would have been paralyzed. So, yeah, it's crazy. You know, like, but the crazy thing is, is like somebody last or the week before last when people were getting mad about the stuff I was posting, they were like, you're following all these conspiracies like I can connect JFK to Abraham Lincoln. I said, well, I can, too. <laughs> I was shot in the back by a guy named Dallas whose father's name is John. So, boom, there you go.
0: I just connected it. <laughs> Everyone knows it was about the garment industry. That's why they were what? assassinated. Abraham Lincoln and JFK. And uh, Zoolander yep. had to save the day eventually and save the Malaysian prime minister. How do y'all not know that yet?
1: Uh, oh <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, still, I think one but
0: of yeah. Will Ferrell's best roles was Zoolander. Oh, so. yeah,
1: it's classic. It's classic Will, yeah, but Thompson. yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, man, just all the music and stuff, and just everybody can go check out. Uh, all the stuff that we've already put out this year. And of course, intersections definitely go check that out. Go um, check out my album, uh, insignia that came out. Um, I don't know a month or two ago, I think. Can't
0: really remember right now because it's all kind of running together, but I, feel you, man. I just had an album come out today and I'm like, got another one in four weeks, uh, another single. <laughs> like, I'm just going to put out, keep putting shit out. I mean, some I- people like it. Most people don't care, but I'm just gonna keep I mean, making I'm, it,
1: you know. I mean, I'm trying to do, you know, I'm trying to stay as consistent as possible. It's it's hard, um, you're juggling a lot of other artists, and then you have the stuff going on that I have going on. So then, when you come home and have to deal with my thoughts all night, then it's kind of like uh you know I, I might have to take a week
0: off yeah for it's sure.
1: like it, it's just a lot to take in in one time and See, like and
0: if i had more rapper friends i could do more project i mean as, as a producer i could give away more beats to people to make projects with but it's just so hard to find someone that like wants to do that i don't know maybe my yeah. beats aren't good enough or whatever i thought like they're good but still even still people would be like i don't know about making a whole project or like they can't you know if they don't yeah. have the ability to maybe muster it all together Um, so that's why I end up making so much stuff. And I think once I quit the podcast, I'll probably make a lot more music. Um, you know, maybe not, but I have a feeling that's what'll happen,
1: right? Right. It's kind of, it kind of works that way when you don't, you know, when you put all your focus into it. It's like, hell, last year I was, I was making so many connections to so many different things that I put out fucking 11 CDs last year, you know, like I, like I was, I was a machine. I was just, I, I took off work for two weeks, um, I mean, uh, for two months. And I think in that time frame, I put out like five CDs. So like, I just get in those spurts where I can just go and go and go and go and go. And it like, it never ends. But sometimes I do get burnt out and I have yeah. to sit
0: back and I have to breathe, and but that happens with know. anything. Like it happens with like right, exactly. uh, rapping or the video games or movies or whatever. You know, there are times you just get burnout of whatever activity.
1: Yeah, because in rapping, it always kind of feels like you always feel like what, what, what do I talk about next? What, what can I talk about next that I haven't talked about yet? And then before you know it, you always outdo yourself. Well, like I
0: think I mean on the uh, sadder side, honestly, the like disappointment of every release not really doing what you wish it would have also like can take a mental effect on you. You know, that's like right. sometimes you just need a break and be like, you know what? I would much rather, I just want to spend my evening making a song. I don't have nothing to do about the numbers. So like, right? you sometimes need breaks so you can get perspective.
1: Right. Or like the comparison to my situation is that now I'm making more music now than I was back when I had a lot more support. I had a whole lot more support backing me and they were pushing, you know, certain certain projects, but then as time progressed and they saw that I really didn't like get further than what I was doing, people kind of started to fall off. So then by the time I'm really picking up steam and I I'm really like putting out song after song after song, project after project after project and just getting better, exponentially better with everything that I do, now nobody's listening. Right. So, now you have to figure out, okay, now what do I do to get the ears back? And and at this point, I don't care about getting the ears back because I would rather, you know, if I'm ecstatic. If one person listens to this podcast and then they go and they go listen to my my live on Facebook just because they heard me talk about it on this podcast, that makes me ecstatic. Like, all I need is one. All I need is one, and that's a win in my book. So. I don't look at it like other people. Other people look at, you know, they need big numbers. I don't need big numbers. I just need one because everybody knows that one person can change the world if it's the right person. So you think about that and you think about the imprint that you leave on somebody, just that one person listening. And how that can actually um, snowball and eventually turn into a landslide. So, I mean, that's just kind of how I look at it. Well, there you go. All right, yeah, man. So,
0: well, I think that's probably the um, thing to end on. You got anything else? Sounds good. Uh, Go check out the Lucky
1: Charms project produced by A to the Mo and uh,
0: Bump Homer because Homer is tight as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And also go check out the. Uh, countdown remix you're on the countdown remix on the internet friends
1: i love that verse man i love i love that whole thing like that track was so dope i'm so glad that you picked me for that and then uh you're on two other ones as well um go go check out rent free go check out the internet friends i know i'm on internet friends um
0: and I'm and sure there'll then, be more stuff in the future, of course.
1: And I'm on Forgotten One's next
0: album. Well, yeah. that's yeah, coming Will. out soon. I'm on he's going to chart. He's going to take down Youngblood or so. I don't even know who the fuck this dude is, but every goddamn day, Forgotten One like tweets some fucking guy with a lot of followers, and he's like, my album's going to be better than your album, buddy. And I don't even know who the guy is, but it's turned into a whole thing that I pay attention to.
1: He said, He said, Young Blood. And the first thing I thought of was in Pop Star when Tim Meadows' character says it to Chris Redd at the end of the movie. He says, He says, Come at me, Young Blood. I will eat your head.
0: <laughs> right. I, for me, <laughs> the two things that come to mind for Young Bloods is, of course, the rap group Young Bloods had Sean Paul that was the best, way better than that fucking oh, Jamaican ass John Paul. And then, uh, also, Malibu's Most Wanted, I feel like they're like just these fools. And like I think during that whole scene, they say some shit of Young. Maybe one of the guys that's called Young Blood. I don't remember. But it reminds me of Malibu's uh, yeah. Most Wanted.
1: Yeah, I can I can see that too. I made my wife oh, watch
0: that not too long ago and it was epic. I,
1: love I remember it. I remember you saying that because yeah. we were making those um because of all the the lines we had in um
0: the one song. Yeah, yeah. yeah in intersection i do remember and that. i'm now. blanking on the name right now but yeah yeah she uh, um, was like i've never watched it i was like fuck it we're watching it right now and i made it <laughs> I made her watch it. yeah i need to watch it again myself it's good but it's, uh it's good satire you know it's uh i don't think i appreciate it for what it was at the time because i was just trying to like laugh at it but whenever you like see it for what it's trying to say i'm like it's pretty it's got like a point well, i think yeah. as well
1: Right, and then it was that time when Jamie Kennedy was at the height of his popularity. Circle, circle, him,
0: dot, dot.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I love Jamie Kennedy. Right?
1: Better.
0: Him <laughs> and Stu. Bob
1: Saget, motherfucker. Yeah, I don't
0: remember. <laughs> what was his homie's name? Stu something, but Stu was way better than Stew. him. rapping. yeah, I think it was Stu. You yeah, know? And uh, yeah, they had a little show on MTV, and uh, yeah, they had a couple songs. You know, they did some shit.
1: Yep, and then, um, then I ended up watching Son of the Mask all the way through for the first time, and I was like... Okay, I see what happened now. Wow.
0: Yeah, I never yeah. never watched it myself. couldn't bring myself to it. <laughs>
1: yeah, I had never watched it either, and then I watched it, and I was like, there's, there's a couple little nuggets in there to pick up, but
0: then I was like, as far as the movie itself. Speaking you know. of truth talkers, fucking Jim Carrey these days.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Go watch him and like. study him, I guess. <laughs> Whatever the fuck he's on. Well, I mean well yeah you know because I mean he did
1: you know he did play God in a movie so
0: yeah he got the perspective and he goes he's a method actor so he method acted God and I think it exactly him. he studied him he studied him deep sure. alright <laughs> ah, man. Uh, man peace
1: alright alright later